Hello, welcome to this week's Dividend Cafe podcast. Uh, really a very fun week celebrating Dow 20,000 uh, and great symbolic reason to do so. But as we're going to talk about today, it's Dow 30,000 we care about. Um, so first week of President Trump, all things China and the beauty of dividend growth, all in this week's Dividend Cafe podcast. Off we go. Dow 30,000 and the whole point of stocks. Yes, we just passed Dow 20,000 and I'm already talking about Dow 30,000. It took 17 years to hit Dow 20,000 after we first hit 10,000 back in 1999. Why in the world is Dow 30,000 even appearing in my brain right now? It has nothing to do with a price forecast or the hype of a market call. It's just a mathematical and, more importantly, basic economic reality. We own stocks in our portfolio in different allocations according to the needs and particulars of different clients because we want a present claim on the future value of that company's earnings. We own into the present what will be future cash flows, future dividends, future growth. We diversify these various ownership interests to mitigate risk. And we have confidence that our present value is justified by future activity we, because we believe in the basics of the profit motive. That human beings, driven by a desire for greater flourishing, will create profits even through various challenges over the years. And that those profits are something we want to buy now. I trust it is not mathematically hard for you to understand that from 10000 to 20000 the Dow had to go up 100%. But to go from 20000 to 30000 it will only have to go up 50%. And I trust you know that 50% when compounding is just 5 to 6 years at 7% per year, not even counting dividends. Now, will the market average 7% per year for the next 6 years? Well, who knows? That would actually be a lot less than its average. But perhaps it'll be a tough 6 years. Perhaps it will not. But we view 30,000 as an inevitability with no interest in putting a timeline on it because we believe in the great companies we invest in, driven by the great competitive realities of a market economy and the great realities of cash flows and dividends. So if you remember Dow 6,500 in March of 2009 and cannot believe Dow 20,000 is here, we say celebrate it, appreciate it, understand it, and most importantly, don't miss out on the next chapter. Free markets and free people. The rest is just math. Let's talk a little bit about President Trump's first actions this week. It should not have been a surprise to markets that one of President Trump's first uh, endeavors as the inaugurated president was to sign executive orders undoing the block on the Keystone Pipeline and then also the Dakota Access Pipeline. <clears throat> it was uh, uh, expected. The energy sector uh, responded in kind, including other energy infrastructure stocks not necessarily directly impacted by these executive orders because a shot has been sent across the bow by the new administration that they intend to reshape the landscape of energy production and transportation. I remember well the first month after President Obama took office in early 2009. Of course, he was literally taking office in the midst of the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression, 
We were in a massive recession that began well before he took office. Job growth was negative by over 100,000 jobs per month. And any objective analyst would note that President Obama took office in a categorically different paradigm. With that said, the first market month after the Obama inauguration was a period I will never forget. Stocks declined 11% in one month. The stimulus bill markets have been waiting on proved to be more governmental and less stimulative than had been hoped. Financial markets were in disarray. The threat of nationalization loomed large over banks and so forth. It was a painful period, mostly caused by the circumstances of the time, but partially caused by policy missteps as well. The rest is history. Mark-to-market accounting rules were overhauled the next month, thank God, and of course the Fed began this new experiment called quantitative easing, QE. It was an incredible time. President Trump has not come into a recession, let alone financial crisis, and his market-impacting policy objectives are reasonably well-known. So January and February of 2017 doesn't have much in common with January, February 2009, other than a new president coming into Washington, D.C. By way of our uh, taxable fixed income strategies, we talk so much about floating rate bank loans and where they fit in. Uh, One would know uh, that we have been in uh, bond and interest rate turmoil for over two months if they looked at their conventional bonds, but they wouldn't know if they looked at the floating rate bank loan market. Prices have actually moved higher in this asset class, and so have yields because the floating nature of these securities has seen many triggers get hit as certain short-term interest rate reference rates have gone higher. Um, We have a chart in DividendCafe.com this week showing a comparison between floating rate and other uh, bond asset classes. It's really fascinating, but we're very pleased um, with the, the risk-reward trade-off in floating rate bank loans. There's a lot in the written DividendCafe.com this week about China. We want to direct you there if you're interested in learning more about the slowdown that's taking place and what that means as far as capital controls, how much the Chinese government is doing to curtail that risk. Um, as far as a more basic message on dividend growth, we, there's a little reaffirmation here we want to go through. You know, there's there's few principles behind our belief in the merits of dividend growth that we haven't articulated in writing and public speaking forums hundreds of times over the years. But we also believe that it's something that we can never repeat often enough. And with gratitude to my friends at Miller Howard, for their articulation of these principles this month in their newsletter, we, we, we would encourage you to take note of the following four points about growth of dividend stocks, what drives so much of what we believe in doing at the Bonson Group. Stocks with attractive and growing consistent dividends tend to fluctuate with much less volatility than the market at large does, a fairly basic fact. Number two, Dividends confirm a company's financial reporting because they have to be paid in cash. Number three, dividend increases are a message from management that they too are optimistic about the future prospects of the company. Dividend decreases message the opposite. Number four, when dividends from a company are growing, the value of the company paying the dividend is growing too. In our opinion, these basic peripheral 
realities about dividend growth investing help reaffirm what we believe to be a truly powerful weapon in achieving risk premium and and risk-adjusted returns that are appealing to investors that we can incorporate into strategies that drive client outcomes. When the facts change, prices change. When facts don't change, prices do anyways. Day-by-day stock prices move all over the map for any number of reasons. On a daily basis, a company's revenues, earnings, projections, and basic metrics usually are not changing at all. And yet on a daily basis, the stock price of that company may be all over the map. Prices are ultimately driven by facts, but along the way can be driven by all sorts of things, the most common of which is sentiment. It should be painfully obvious to you that doing long-term investing based on short-term sentiments of others is not a very cogent investing plan. We're going to go ahead and leave things there for the week. As I look over the written dividendcafe.com, there are uh, more things than normal that would be hard to articulate into the verbal podcast uh, so we, we exhort you to, to go online and, and look at some other charts and, and things. But I really mean what I said this week. Uh, Dow 20,000 is a big deal. And, you know, we could be down 1,000 points next week or we could be up 500 uh, next day. I mean, uh, who knows? Uh, markets are inherently volatile and Dow 20,000 is really a blip ahead of uh, where, where we end up going in the, into the future. But you know, um, it, it's it's not a big deal for the substantive or mathematical reasons relative to short-term market returns or investor balances. It's a big deal because this has been among the most challenging 15 years or so for stocks in the last 100 years. And yet we're celebrating a milestone number like Dow 20,000. Investors are reaping the benefits of long-term company dividends and price appreciation because investors have behaved wisely not capitulated to the forces of destruction, panic, capitulation, that have left many out of the, the club. So onward and upward, have a wonderful weekend, and thank you for listening to Dividend Cafe.